stuff man I'm, I'm excited to share it i uh i want to know what you're going to talk about today dude because art is uh i know we're not supposed to be biased in the three-legged stool but it's definitely probably my favorite leg same here bro really truly All right, good. so then today's gonna be a fire episode then yeah uh so i just had kind of something you know we were talking about it yesterday just kind of like what we wanted to go over how we kind of thought we could add value to just anybody who I mean, everybody's an artist in their own way, shape, or form. But yeah. They're, yeah. like, trying to make it – I don't know. Like, I love chiropractic, and that's, like, my favorite form of art. But, obviously, I know everybody that's – you know, if you're a good fighter, you're fighting that good fight. You're not always a chiropractor. Yeah. So, um, like, yeah, that's true. I found some stuff that, like, I realized in undergrad that really helped me in you know, different areas of my life kind of become an artist and, like, really understand that art's a, it's a multidimensional term. So, um, I'm excited yeah. to share. Yeah, that's really cool. I like how you put it up because in order to be a good fighter in whatever it is that you do, whether it's just everyday life or your profession, you have to have some sort of art because in, in your art, you experience emotion, you experience passion, you experience the connection, intention, and purpose that we're talking about. So I love that you brought that in because, I mean, if you don't have art in whatever you do, then you're lacking full life expression. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's really good that uh, you put that in there. And I think a lot of people are going to resonate with that too. Yeah. I mean, art is a form of self-expression and, you know, if you're not expressing the self, like you're suppressing the self. And yeah. Yeah. Like Shoot. you gotta be yourself, man. You gotta be, uh, you know, you, if you're expressing yourself, you're loving yourself. And, uh, Act. you know if you're going to be going out there loving on everybody loving loving your neighbor you got to start at home start with uh that internal neighbor you know yeah dang i love it hell yeah we need, the, we need a fire bell or like a, oh we should get like a fire alarm on here man Anybody hey got something fire yeah man. for real i mean uh when i'm at the office i'll just uh pull the lever <laughs> i like that get my neighbors nice and uh fired up for the day pun intended Pun intended. So what we got, Art Dealer? Deal some oh, that art to us, my dude. Art Dealer. So one thing I wanted to just, like, cover. So what is art, right? Um, I thought that would be a good place to start. So art is the expression of human creative skill and imagination. And when I, when I think imagination, I interpret it as a chiropractor, visualization. Yeah. yeah. And producing works to be appreciated primar primarily for their beauty and or emotional power wow that's like the full is that like webster's what is that uh yeah it's just what i looked up on google dang i like oh. that a lot i think there's a lot in there too um you can break that down big time especially when you talk about imagination or that visualization that you talked about that's a huge component in 
created art. Of course. Right? I mean, if you, you can't, you can't, um, you can't create a, a work of art without having first visualization or imagination. And that's not even just a start. You have to have it during it too, right? Exactly. Like imagine adjusting a patient and you don't have any visualization except for the first adjustment. Like you're lacking a whole part, right? Oh yeah. It's, it's a way to embody what you're doing. And like yeah. as a physical art, I mean, I, I think we're some, you know, martial arts, arts. Mm -hmm. um, visualization is huge. You know, that's, that's yeah. Visualization, imagination. So, you know, whether you're building bridges or you're, you're painting sculptures, you always have some sort of uh, image in your mind where you're really yeah. that you're uh, generating that source of your of your art from. Yeah. Ultimately. Are you good? Are you a good painter? Like I'm drawing? pretty bad. Um, but you know, the funny thing is, so in undergrad, I took a you're always kind of required to do some sort of yeah. like your major <laughs> course. And I took an art course. Did you really? And I kept my drawing. Is there any oh. nude art going on in this one? What's up? In this, any nude art going on in this class? No, it wasn't. I feel like art. that's the stereotypical college. Like, whenever you watch a show, you know, like, oh, yeah, I just took this art class. There's always a nude art, like, necessary requirement. Totally. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get to that, uh, that section, apparently. <laughs> but I know it was an option. And you know, I mean, oh, it was. Oh, shoot. I don't know. I guess that's Plot kind of like Nash, Nash was actually the sculpture, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't the model. I was just in there. Uh, <laughs> but there's like some sort of stigma with being naked, which, um, yeah. If anybody reads 12 Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson, he kind of talks about that in one of the early chapters about like the fear of being naked. Yeah. Because it makes you vulnerable. And we talked about that a little bit too, yeah. Yeah, yep. You shot that to me. Yeah, so um, being naked, I mean, shoot, that's like a, it's a natural thing to be. You're born naked. You know, you, you, know, you essentially, you, you don't die with your clothes. Your clothes aren't party. Yeah. You know what I mean? You die naked. So, uh, don't, be, don't be scared to get naked, you know? Um, <laughs> but the, in that class, um, what I kind of wanted to touch on, at least from what I remembered, uh, so there's this book called How to Steal or Steal Like an Artist. And at the time I was like, oh, you know, that's just, just like a, that's an interesting way to steal as an artist. Yeah, steal, steal like an artist. And there's some points in there, like I kind of like a list of 10 things. And I kind of took out my, the five that really resonated with me that like, I think really apply to you and me and a lot of people yeah. listening to this. Yeah. Uh, the first one I wrote down is, don't wait until you know who you are to get started. Wow. And, so uh, all you, all you Kairos, especially that are in first, second, third try, you don't have to have it all figured out to start practicing that art. Hell yeah. I, you know, that's, uh, that's like the, one of the fir very first steps that is listed. That's pretty cool. Don't wait. Like that, that, uh, realization that that self self-discovery that'll come yeah so I, I really like that that very first bullet point and then the second one is write the book you want to read which Dang. Dang. I think this is an art class in college yeah yeah this is not art Dude, class bro. how much were you not paying attention when they said that and then now you're like dang I was. I kill to have an art class like that, you know? Same. And at the time, I like, 
that's when I started, you know, like typical undergrad mentality. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm taking this art class, you know, kind of showing up, just kind of like, I started off doing the bare minimum, but as I was just like in there, I'm like, well, I might as well just kind of like, you know, have fun with it. And like, just like, yeah. you know, it is a form of self-expression. So it was just kind of a way for me to kind of like mind dump a little bit. So yeah. I actually really started uh, enjoying the class. And that, there's a reason I kind of kept my, my notebook from it. Um, so kind of rolling off, off that point, the other, one of the other principles of the, of the steel, like an artist was number four, use your hands, mm. using your hands, like done by hand, baby done by hand. But also, uh, whenever you're using these guys, interpreting, you know, taking in that information, um, kinesthetically dude, like that's just a whole nother way to visualize and imagine Go ahead. Sorry. And, and no i was just gonna say like um it just adds a whole nother depth of perception right so yeah i find it interesting that they don't talk about i mean maybe you get this later on but the eyes because i think we we immediately focus on the eyes being i guess you could say the gateway to our art right but i find it really interesting that they said the hands um because I never really, like if you were to show me uh, a, either a sculpture or a painting or different things like that, I would never think hands first. Even as a car, like I would just think automatically eyes first, right? Sure. I mean, one thing that we always got hammered home was, you know, you're, you're visualizing, you're seeing what you're touching. Yeah. So I think there's something where you're just literally interpreting multiple mediums of information of like we're like obviously visually we're perceiving whoever's in front of us but also using our hands to match that you know yeah this is able to take you to a whole other level and i think with being an artist like that's that's pretty key for successful artists i think so um Hey, dude, uh, so I'm going to let you know ahead of time. I don't know why, but these things are hidden for conversations you've ha- you and I have had a lot. So this next, <laughs> one, this next one, side projects and hobbies are important. Literally what we talked about this We just talked about this this week. What did you say? Uh, what hobbies make them? Uh, or is it, uh, projects make it the man. Yeah, yeah, projects make it the man. man. <laughs> side projects and hobbies are important. That's- <laughs> That's my dog. Sorry, Dennis. Dennis featuring. He wants. He wants in on the podcast game, man. Um. So yeah, I, I thought that was just like a really good sign that I'm on the right track for for what we're gonna talk about today. Yeah. And then the the last point that I wrote down uh, was the secret. The secret is do good work and share it with people. Hmm. Well, the art thief is always going to steal the, to share with people, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go over what's good thievery and what's bad thievery, too. So. Yeah. Do like, you to share with people? Thief, you know, being a thief, like, has the connotation of being, like, a completely negative thing, right? Usually. Right. Uh, right. I'll write it. I'll be, I'll be there. Um, so, that's kind of one thing I wanted to make the distinction with is, like, you can be a good thief, right? Like, uh, yeah. uh, Robin Hood was a good thief. That's true. So that's true. All about your, a lot of it's about your intention. So that intention and purpose is the key within your art. Yep. Wow. Yeah. 
I think too, like with, with those points that each one that you listed, because the overall thing right there was still this what's up, Leilani? Hey, I want you to do me a favor. We're recording. Oh shoot. <laughs> it's fine. Go ahead, bro. She she's making a preview for uh episode five. <laughs> Everybody that's Dr. Leilani. Oh yeah, she's gonna be on here a little that, bit. That was a teaser. Teaser, hey, I need you to do a favor. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I just didn't want her to say anything too personal there. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know what was going to come out there. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't even remember my point, but, bro, those points were really cool, man. Thank you for sharing those. I think it's really important to, to recognize the starting point from where your art has to begin. And a lot of that, too, just like the first point said, is taking that leap, right? Hell yeah, dude. I've got a, so there's a really cool image in the book that I remember that I had, uh, that I had written down. I want to see, I might be able to drop a rough sketch of it just because it's, it's a cool. Yeah. Picture. Uh, yeah, it's right here. Um, so okay. did you, do you have anything that uh, you went through that you wanted to bring up at the Stargates? Um, not necessarily the start. I think the biggest thing is just you pretty much hit it on the on the head with talking about those points is you don't have to be a good artist, but taking the leap is the biggest part because I've never been, you know, artistically inclined, whether it's in voice or drawing. I had one moment of fame actually. One moment of fame. And this was in high school high school art class, I drew, I painted like this beautiful waterfall, right? And people were around me, they were so surprised. They're like, where did that come from? And honestly, I can't tell you, it was purely made at that point because I can't paint worth a darn now. So um, really like, you don't have to be considered, have considered yourself a good artist in the past to start art, just like you said. Because for me, I know I'm not inclined to that, but it's different when I experience chiropractic. When I experience chiropractic, I consume and I divulge and I digest and try to formulate art in the, in the moment, but then also that visualization that you were talking about. So I think it's really important to, to understand for everybody listening and even for myself is just art doesn't have to be a preconceived thing or a pre, um, predetermined specialty or gift to start experiencing. Yeah. You know, that evolution of art takes place when you get started. Preach, bro. Preach. And going off that, so the, the image, I I always get a lot of really simple concepts. Like, simplicity to me is, is, like, kind of beautiful. Yeah. I've already kind of mentioned it before. You can apply it to so many different things. And when you keep it simple, you can really, you know, embody it a lot. So, yeah. uh, one of the – I'm going to try to flip it to the screen so it's not, like, super – bad but um so that says where that stick man is yeah. what we are and then that divide that that gap what we want to be so um kind of goes into that uh that that first little point that i said don't wait until you know who you are yes. uh, to get I see it too on like the audio versions yeah is a it's basically a a guy that's on one end of a cliff and there's a gap in between a crevice or a, 
something that I have to traverse. And on the other side is a, a, you know, basically a canyon, I guess you could say. And on one side, it's what you are. And the other side, it's what you, what you want to be, right? Yep. You got to traverse the canyon. You got to take the lead. Yep. You just got to send it, you know? You just got to... got to send it. Always. You got to have a little bit of faith in yourself and uh, your, your, what you have in your heart, you know? Right. I like it too, real quick, what you talked about with the side projects. Um, yeah. And the side pieces is there's a quote that about I side pieces, bro. Side piece. <laughs> there's, there's a quote that I read that was basically like, if you're working, you know, a basic nine to five and you don't have like a side hobby to come home to, then you're uninspired, right? Like if you just come home and you're not doing much of anything, then there's a lack of inspiration there. So when I think about the side hobbies, those side side pieces, uh, projects, you you have to have a source of inspiration, right? Um, and that comes along art thievery. You know, if you if you have to get inspired, now don't go robbing the banks or anything like that. But if you have to get inspired somehow um, by seeing others' art, or you know, for me, just I like to experience others' art. So if I get adjusted by somebody, I'm like, damn. Like, I want to take that and I want to run with it and be inspired by it. Totally, man. I love that. Um, you almost kind of want to... So, I mean, I guess it can kind of lead into it. But, I mean, it's different than, like, plagiarizing it, right? Like, Yeah. In a way, sure you're... Said you, can never, you can never plagiarize art. Exactly. That's well, what my middle school or high school art teacher told us. They're like, you can't. You can't cop. She said copy, but I mean, you know what I mean? Totally. Cause I mean, nobody's perfect unless you're doing stuff on like computer wise, like as far as art, like you're never going to actually do anything exactly to a T the same as somebody else. Right. The, the, the big thing comes from like where you're giving credit to. Right. Right. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about like good thievery and bad thievery, good theft and bad theft. So, Definitely. um, so the dealer's going to tell us art thieves. What's up? <laughs> no, you just got to make the distinction, you know, because there are some <laughs> no, bad thieves good, out yeah. there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like there's not bad thieves out there. But, uh, right. Definitely. So the different, like I'll give a couple parallels. So a good thief will honor art and a bad mm. thief will degrade the art. Mm. So I, I think that that's something. Oh, wow. That's pretty powerful, especially for what we do yeah a hundred i mean instantly my mind goes to people that not to degrade any professions people that do similar stuff to what we do but it's degraded and it's demoralized or it's diminished in what its power should be totally you know it's kind of like a, a violation right so right so, yeah um i really like that a lot and there's a lot of a lot of power behind having honor in something you know it's yeah. like respect is dignity um mm. you know, so I, I really like that yeah another difference between a good thief and a bad thief a good thief studies a bad thief skims Damn. um you know i think that's yeah. that kind of comes from within where you you know if you really want to embody something if you really want to make it your own you study it yeah. really you know, take on the life of whatever it is that you're diving into 
because you really want to you really want to understand it and that yeah. bring it about in yourself in your own way or is a bad thief like they're doing it for more maybe more of like a superficial reason or if they just want to get the gist of it and then just like that's yeah. where you skim which there's a time and place for skimming i'm not gonna act like i haven't skimmed an article before but like when it comes to art you got to study the art it's not anything that comes like that it's something that you're constantly dedicating towards did you ever watch the show white collar <laughs> never so it's about this guy who's uh he's an art he's an art thief or more, or more importantly what do, you, what do you call him somebody um <laughs> that's not plagiarism but he can mimic art very well replicas? yeah he does like replicas very well um but he he's an art thief and he's somebody who knows he knows art in like yeah. in, in its entirety um but also at the same time like he's a common and different things like this and you fall in love with this character because he's really really good at what he does right like he can dang near replicate anything like mona lisa he knows but the reason why he's really good at what he does is that he studies like the texture of how the the person did the paint strokes or like left-handed versus right-handed or he studied you know and there's one episode where he like knows the difference between these counterfeit IDs based on like their thickness. So he like studied the actual art itself. If he skimmed, he would have got what early? Like he would have got caught immediately, right? Dang, that's fire, so, bro. Yeah. That's super cool. It's a pretty cool, about like that. pretty cool show. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, in a way, he kind of had to apply his his study to multiple people, right? Yeah. Like, it wasn't like you could just study one guy, like, get, get all the no. art from one person, right? And that kind of leads in, into that next the next portion I wanted to talk about. So, a good thief steals from many, and a bad thief steals from one. Mm. And that's really goes into, like, really just diversifying and really, like, yeah. Being open, like you've got to be open to all forms of art, right? And to really yeah. see what resonates. I mean, you can always learn one little thing from literally anybody that walks through your door or anybody that you, that you meet on a day-to-day basis. You can always, there's going to be stuff that, that you're ignorant about that they are experts in, right? Or yeah. they have a lot of experience in that you don't. And yeah, that's a part of humility where you got to be able to kind of take a step back in your own life or in your own head and say, what can I learn from this person? How can I take, get something out of what this person's going to provide for me? So. Yeah. I like that part too. Cause Dr. Mallory would always touch on that too, is, you know, he grinded into us just like practicing the steps identical to what he laid out. Right. And there was a reason for that because then when we would go to replicate, it wouldn't get the same outcome. Right. So what's your intention when you when you steal art or what's the intention when you um, are an art thief? It's one to bring better outcomes, better results for what you're doing. Now, if you steal from one person and you skim and you don't do due diligence to that one person, then you're not going to have the same outcomes. And then you're just going to end up being frustrated. Right. You not in there. Like if we if we rush an adjustment or if we rush what we do, then a lot sometimes like it's not nearly as much connection as nearly as much intention or purpose, and then 
you don't it doesn't feel the same no and doesn't have that that impact that uh that depth right to really to really just get into you know the the nitty-gritty right like to make that ultimate connection with that that person that their expression right to really connect with their expression right love that bro that's what's up uh, the next difference between a good thief and a bad thief, we already already kind of talked about it, but a good thief gives credit. A bad thief plays. So, yeah. we talk about like our mentors and people we're inspired by, and people we are, you know, essentially trying to emulate. Yeah. Art. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Exactly, dude. And giving credit to those people, like that's what, that's how you can take from somebody else's art and make it your own. Yeah. But like, it's not like in a way you got to be humble enough to understand that it's not just you. Right. Like, mm-hmm. of course it's not. Like, I had to give credit to people I met in elementary school. Right. Like when yeah. I, was, I met in elementary school to middle school, high school, my parents, literally everybody you meet in your life, you got to be able to, to some extent, give credit to them. Right. Well, you don't, you just lack gratitude in that aspect too, right? Like if you yep. are just going about pretending like you're hot stuff and you came up with all this stuff without recognizing where you truly came from, your roots and, and people that have influenced you, then I think people see through that also. They see that it's not genuine and you lack gratitude for where you came from and why you're different, why you're so powerful. So, yeah, I mean, gratitude is a thing, really. Especially. It's going to put on a facade, right? Like, you're going to have a mask on. And Yeah. I learned anything this last year, man. People are tired of masks. (laughs) mask Nobody wants to wear a mask anymore. Right. (laughs) Um, Another difference between a good thief and a bad thief is a good thief transforms. A bad thief imitates. Mm. Oh, that's where you really ingest and you really uh, digest yeah. whoever you're, you're stealing from and you transform that to be part of you, right? You're not, right. not going to be out there imitating, putting on that, that fake show that like, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, as much as I love him, I'm not going to be DD. I'm not going to be BJ. Like, right. I'm, I'm going to transform what they've, their principles and their, their art and, transform it to be Nash Stopko. Yeah. Either, right? Like I'm not gonna imitate them. I'm gonna transform be right. a part of their art, right? So right. that's powerful. Wow. And then just the very last one, I think it coincides pretty well too. So a good thief remixes and a bad thief rips off. <laughs> yeah. So Damn. that's some value right there though. I mean I all those points too if it just really just comes down to what's your entire purpose of it, right? If you're trying to con, steal, rip off people for more game, more money, then you are a bad thief. You're not going to have your art. But when you, when you study and you try to sit at the feet of masters and then stand on their shoulders by not replicating it, but making it your own and transferring that art so that you can better a patient's life. 
it's gonna it's gonna be awe inspiring, you know, just like good art truly is. Dude, I love that. And that that's like at the bottom line, just really having that uh so uh, Dr. Wade Porter used to always say it's O C D, right? Obsessive right. discipline. <laughs> so just literally finding how whatever your art is, for us it's chiropractic, how we can find you know, chiropractic principles and applications and everything. Yeah. Whether, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. The amount of talks we've had where it's not chiropractic, but it, the principles are. But really it sick. is. It always, yeah, it always. It's a principle, sick. yeah. And I feel like that's just how you keep the profession and just whatever you're doing with your art moving forward and just mm. never, never being complacent and always having that. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about people who don't have hobbies when they come home from that work, having that, uh, that inspiration or, um, that that not lack of inspiration to just constantly developing and constantly just have that on the that top of mind awareness of whatever your art is yeah that's what's up i want to add something to that too because you're kind of distinguishing art and another thing that so the character in white collar his name is neil caffrey he talks about um they're kind of him and he works with his fbi agent and they're kind of talking about what exactly is art um, because the FBI agent is arguing that a baseball bat, uh, I think it was by Mickey Mantle, can be considered an art piece. And Neil Caffrey's like, it's not art. Like, art has to have a time, a place, an emotion. And uh, the FBI agent kind of describes that during, I think it was World War One or Two, how people would come to the games because they just wanted to forget about war for a second. There was a time, a place, an emotion that took place during Hit That Bats. So it made it an art piece. And and what we do and what anybody else does, like if you have time, place, and emotion, you're you're dispensing art. You're dispensing something that you know Fire, <laughs> Hey, that's Neil Caffrey, man. I tell you, you gotta watch the show. <laughs> I'm gonna snap that one up, man. That that one hit. Totally. You know, I, I especially think about that. It's like a sanctuary, right? Or like a yeah, yeah. You're getting away from whatever mental, physical war you might be a part of, emotional. And I think we hold a space for that too, for not just like what we're providing, but like our space is art. Yeah. In a way that like. Yeah. What do you want that vibe to be like as soon as a patient walks in? Yeah. You know, it's just like a you're walking through that uh that barrier, right? Or like through that through that force field or like it's a different space, you know? Yeah. Different uh different different frequency happening when you walk through that space. So hundred percent. That's what's up. I like all that. So now we define like what art is, good thief, bad thief, talking about how how we What's another, I guess, transform the art that we acquire. Yep. Is, is maybe a way that we can put that. What's some art, because I know you're talking about the Spine Checkers Manifesto. Yep. You want to dive into some of that stuff? Because I know you get some good stuff from that too. Yeah, I mean, uh, super fire book. I mean. Who, so who, who wrote it too? So oh, that's Dr. Jeremy Brook. So he, he runs the yoga chiropractic seminars and he used to be part of MLS staff. And he was yeah. my first, um, one of the, he was the first staff that I took MLS with. So right. like, that was like the very first doc that really helped me 
wake up a little bit more. So, um, and he's got so many things from so many different books and sources that he's stealing art from that he's giving credit to. So, um, let me just pull up. You know, I have a couple of highlights in here. So, yeah. So he's got yoga chiropractic. He's got that. That's the thing, man. I think what I love why you find that is what I love when you are in school is recognizing these different seminars that get held and the opportunity to take art and transform it from there. Cause you and I wouldn't be who we are today without going to those seminars, without no. diving into how people present their art and I'm waking up to that. Huh? Diving into self-expression, right? Like, right, right, yeah. Cause that's it. ultimately why they do it, right? Hell yeah. Like, it's a bigger self-expression for them. And that's like the most powerful thing that you could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can really, I mean, I just feel like that's, that's the ticket right there. Right. right. That's, that's, that's freedom. You know, you're, yeah. You're inside your own body or in your own life, you have the ability to be free. Right. That's the self. So, uh, so I've literally got so many things, but you know, just to tie it back into art, I think one of the biggest one of the cooler parts is talking about like the sacred geometry of the spine. So, um, let's see. That geometry. Yeah, he's pretty big on that, yeah? Because he has... I mean, yoga in general, like it you know, you look at the body, right? Like there is, we know that there's like intellectual design behind everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even down to like subatomic levels, like that's evident from when you look at like through a microscope, looking at like the cell structure or looking at like a the atomic structure of matter. But if you yeah. look at the big picture, like the galaxies and, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know um, solar systems and galaxies they almost look identically the same or uh, talking about like the Fibonacci sequence. Right. Like stuff like that. Like, What is it when you have like certain sounds and they formulate the patterns? Yeah. Question. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I want to say it's syntropy, but I might be wrong on that. But that's astounding to me. Like you can play a, a certain vibration and a physical object will formulate a geometrical design yeah that's incredible or even when you break it down to like atoms and electrons protons like they all have a design about them right exactly and i think that and i mean again i always bring it back to in my world like they scientists still don't know what holds protons together or or atoms together but for it's, it's that design from a intelligent creator um in my mind it's god it's source but um it's just it's just powerful to think about the spine being the same way uh, us as human beings we're not exempt from that but we try to dis unit we try to disassociate ourselves from that we do which 
like that that's where you really get into like the that's where stuff gets messy right like right anytime you're trying to separate anything that's cohesive and anything that's together you're gonna lose the part of the whole picture yeah 100 percent. when it comes to health man you got to look at everything you got to be able to have everything be cohesive one thing uh I really wish I had this one quote that I could find in uh, the spine checker. I'm kind of struggling to find. I really probably should have brought it up before. But no one thing that uh, I liked, I, I did find something from Musashi's The Book of Five Rings that I wanted to at least talk about. So uh, it goes like this. No matter how hard you study, if you do not become one with the art you pursue, you can never truly be one with the universe. And the spirit of the thing itself will always elude you. That, that, that to me is just like, you got to embody the art and until you embody it, until you truly like surrender yourself to the art, like, and you know, understanding that mastery is not something that it's not really, it's not really a destination. It's, it's a journey. So when you're on that journey towards pursuing the art and embodying it, that's something that will fulfill you for, for the rest of your life. So, um, yeah, Musashi is awesome. I mean, the, the correlations and like the parallels between he was a, anybody doesn't know, he was one of the greatest swordsmen of all time. So really letting that spirit of, he calls it the spirit of the thing itself, um, really embodying the spirit of the thing itself. And for me that, you know, from chiropractic philosophy, that's innate. So really letting innate come to you and, operating on a basis where you're you know, it's almost kind of like Bluetooth where you're paired up with your innate, right? Like you're, you, you are one. BJ always refers to as we mm. as the dualistic mindset. So having that, that educated and that innate working side by side, that's when you can really, you know, become the art. So. Right. I always thought it was funny how he said we, or like you so connected and, Actually, let's talk about that a little bit. How how do you um, how do you feel like you personally connected to your name more, or have experience? Because I know we've talked about we've talked about this before. Um, really? As far as becoming more connected in that sense, um, so that your art can be better. Breath work's awesome, dude. I mean, there's so much awesome I mean, the science in general behind breath work, right. but also history and. Um, if you want to get into science of it, I mean, the stimulation of the spinal cord, I mean, that's huge with breath work. That, like, that's, yeah. that's amazing. But um, it really helps me, and, and yoga helps me a lot too. But I would just say, more than anything, it's, you know, kind of my, my intention on my affirmations every day. So I, I have one that, um, that really helps me kind of ground myself physically and mentally that I say that. Um, universal and innate intelligence flow through me and right. when i think about that i mean universal that's everywhere so right. that can be the, the the ground that i'm standing on and the ground reaction forces coming into my body and perceiving yes. like helps me just really like it's everywhere like i'm not you know, i don't need uh one certain type of universal force to flow through right. me. and that yeah. helps me kind of uh, get out of my educated brain of knowing that innate is flowing as well. Mm. And obviously the confidence that I'm getting checked that I have, you know, and it has the ability to communicate. So 
Right. Yeah, I think for me, I think the most, the best way other than those two, obviously that like you said, because those ones are huge, um, especially breathwork. I know we talk about that a lot, but um, one thing that I really got used to doing, and I don't really remember when I started, was just like, if I ever had a thought, T-H-O-T. <laughs> if I ever had a thought that came through and I, I wrote it down immediately, or like I was like, I need to, I need to get this out because if I don't, I'll forget and let the moment pass. And I, I'm pretty sure BJ talks about it, but maybe it was more Sega Foods too. But um, just like getting that out so that I can be more connected and, and so he goes into it more, but the more you do it, the more thought flashes are going to come. The more of those, those type of thinking will, will produce itself to get you connected with innate to get you to more as one in, uh, of innate brain instead of educated brain. Because your educated brain will always be like, oh, I'll, I'll try to remember it later. Totally. Right? I mean, it's still a struggle sometimes, but like, I'll, I'll keep my, I mean, there'll be times when I'll wake up at like 2 a.m. I'll be thinking about something and I'll write it in my notes. And Chantel's like, why are you on your phone? I'm like, <laughs> because I'm writing that note down because if I don't, I'll, A, I'll forget, but B, I don't want to disconnect from what I've built to this point too. Yeah, and when you're sleeping, man, there's there's like very little static on that wire, bro. So that, you're you're very that super conscious takes over, man. Heck yeah, man. Super conscious I, takes over, and uh, no such thing as subconscious in this room. <laughs> but I'm aware of. <laughs> I don't know what I send a million messages per second. I know that. I know that's pretty. I have trouble. I have trouble sending text messages per hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else other ways that I connect with Cindy. The affirmations are honestly huge. They are me. I, yeah. really, I wouldn't like it, bring them up. I didn't touch on that last one too, but like, yeah. I can't speak enough to, to how revolutionary that is to your own being. And whatever you do, like literally from athletics to just like your day-to-day -day life to yeah. – Anything you have intention on doing, like having an affirmation set, it's just going to make it that much more enjoyable and a lot less stressful for you if you have right. an affirmation set. Right. That's for dang sure. Yeah, bro. Well, um, what do you, as, as an art dealer, right, what yep. do you feel like has been the biggest cultivation of your art or I guess I should say transformation because we talked about that before but what do you think has been the biggest transformation for you hmm. in that wow. to producing your own art hmm. I you know the biggest cultivation hmm. that's really good probably Conversation has, has been pretty huge um, as far as just like exponentially helping me cultivate it as far as like bringing together multiple, multiple different types of art in a way that I can talk about it and really understand, you know, like the, not just my thought process, but a lot of other people's interpretations of, of the art has helped me a ton. Um, but probably my training, just literally training. And it's, I know that like when I train, it's not anything that like, you know, like repetition, getting, getting so many reps into where it 
I'm doing it without a thought, right? Like to where I don't have to think about what I'm doing. Right. right. I'm embodying it. Like that has been such a, um, a positive thing for my art to where I can have the confidence to like, obviously, you know, you're going to notice what you feel, but in a way that you need to tailor it to every person in front of you. And there's, that's, that's the beauty of like the training aspect to where, yeah. It really allows you to transform your art to every person. Yeah. It's not just cookie cutter application. It's, there is no uh, exact line to your art, right? Like mm-hmm. there's certain marks that like, once you practice the mechanics, right? That like, that will, you know, that you need to essentially embody that to the point where I guess that's where I've noticed the most that yeah. it allowed me to really develop it and transform it to my own. Right. That's tough. I think just thinking back, because in school, obviously being associated with KTC a lot of times too is um, not only you train, you train to strike and you visualize, but also um, your art starts in chiropractic, your art starts when the person's on the table and you're just noticing what you notice. Yeah. And I think for me, when I transfer my art to noticing what I notice in a patient, not only have I done my strikes, I've sat at the seat of masters to learn that a specific art, but then I transform to to recognize, okay, is this person ready to to connect? Is this person ready to receive the adjustment that I that I the art that I want to give them? Right, because, and I think we talked about this. Um, one thing that like, I feel like I've always had a better adjustment. Like I've always, I've always produced a better adjustment for somebody. And I know this sounds weird, but in, in KTC and I'm sure at MLS, right? You just stand at the foot of the table and you notice what you notice. You just take a second to recenter. I always would visualize like this wave going out towards the patient, like a, almost like just like a wave of a seashore a ripple from a from, from a stone it would go out towards the patient and i would visualize it coming back and i can't explain it because sometimes like i would send a wave out and it wouldn't go so then i was like okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like approach the table right now um until until i visualized it coming back and that once that ripple came back and then i was able to transform my art from what i knew my innate could produce and then I was always able to facilitate a better adjustment. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, that's a really cool visual and a really good mental exercise. Yeah. I know it's just, it's made a world of difference. And I know it sounds weird too. It sounds silly sometimes, but. No, nah, bro. I, I don't think it sounds silly at all. You know, um, I think I mentioned last time too, that like your heart's got the largest density of like electromagnetic frequencies in your entire body. Yeah. You know, having that ability before you approach or even lay hands on anybody where you're just grounding yourself, centering yourself and opening up your heart to that person as a way for you to essentially, what it sounds like to me is like you're visualizing those waves, right? Those heart waves, waves of connection to where you're sending them out, but you're also receiving them. And that makes their system, whether they don't know it or not, or realize it more open, more, more able to receive. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. 
Yeah. And I haven't honed it in yet. Probably ever really talked to anybody about it besides you. So I'm still trying to figure it out now. Yeah. All I know is that I feel better about my adjustments and the patients uh, get up and they're like, whoa. <laughs> thing uh, that I try to do is I try to think of some memory that puts me in a state where like, you know, I just try to visually like either imagine or like think about somebody that I love unconditionally or a moment in my life where I was just like experiencing unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And one of those moments was back last 2019 may yeah um my grandfather was he's on so he's in the hospital he this was probably like a few days before he passed and um i was fortunate enough to be able to see him in the hospital and just like spend as much time with him while he was still around and just seeing my grandma with him who they've been married for you know 50 years plus i think yeah and seeing them just interact with me in the room and seeing like that that type of love at that at that stage was just something that was like super powerful and something that like I'll never forget but um having that memory is just I don't know probably one of my greatest weapons or like weapons probably not the right word but one of my greatest assets and tools right you've already experienced that so you know how to I mean, it was just like that, a whole other level. that presence around you. It's that eternal, right? It was like an eternal type right. of like, um, until you get to that point, you just, I feel like you just never really can truly understand how that would feel. So um, that's definitely something that I used to cultivate my art too. And like you said earlier, that's something that you have to recognize where it comes from. And that gratitude from where it comes from to be able to to present it better. Yeah. Dang. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The art dealer and art thief. At it again, but only good art thieves here, y'all. <laughs> did you have any other sources that you wanted to divulge? Uh, I didn't. I mean, I know I'm going to get more into referencing Book of Five Rings. Um, yeah. But- you and I both have got plenty of books. I'm going through the Body Electric right now, which is yeah. very cool. I found some, I mean, Marty read some really cool stuff from that book. And I know we've talked about talking, you're going through some like training methods, uh, what yeah. I'm doing, what you're doing, how we're training our art, how we're training ourselves mm. to be able to facilitate. So mm. um, I think we got plenty to talk about. But as far as art goes, bro, I mean, talk about it all day right but i think uh, that's true yeah. those are the bullet points that i had written down that i really wanted to cover sweet any last uh thoughts to present to our listeners about their art hey uh get started today man take it take nice. uh, you know set some make an intention to set some time aside to really <clears throat> develop and work on your own art and <clears throat> whether that be you know drawing something that means something mm-hmm. like revolving around your art you know yeah visualizing an atlas and drawing an atlas in your own art you know that could be i mean the application is endless right i mean that that take if that means taking time to do some breath work and try to visualize something in your mind right set the, that's really cool time aside right so yeah that definitely is true i think i always envision there's a moment where like I was like 
I wasn't mad, but just like you create that emotion to where like, you and I both know, and then similar to athletics, it's like you want to be the best. You yeah. want to be the absolute best you can. So like I had this moment where I was doing strikes, but I was, I was just like, I wasn't angry, but it was just like a lot of emotion behind it and different things like that. So I think a lot of times you have to cultivate that emotion too. It's like, okay, do I want to be the best? Do I want to um, be inspired to have intention, connection, and purpose and creating that emotion within yourself yeah. to be able to produce an atmosphere where you can practice your art and transform your art by yourself. You don't always need somebody there, right? As much as I, I mean, as much as I love to uh, align a spine that's on my table, right? If I didn't have those times, somebody there and train. Right. If I didn't have those times where I was by myself to, to think through it and to transform it and to, to recognize, okay, this is what I wanted to look like. This is what I wanted to feel like. And two, like I, it created a standard for myself. Yeah. Within my head, every adjustment that I had struck was like, yeah, this is what I wanted to exactly feel like flowing through my hands. Then, then that's what I want to get to. So you have that standard because we talked about that a little bit ago too. Yeah. Right. Yep. But that's just my closing, closing thoughts. But guys, art dealer and art thief, man, I freaking love art guys. I hope you guys too. Um, I hope you guys are experiencing daily art um, and letting, and again, it doesn't have to be just chiropractic, but obviously. A little biased. A little biased. <laughs> So, uh, with that being said, guys, go get some art in today, every day, and divulge. Steal some, but be a good one, and then deal it out to those that you love, which should be all of your patients. Yes, sir. Beautiful said, Gates. <laughs> Thanks, DC Nasty. Yeah, get a fresh slice of that uh, that art pie, man. Heck yeah, I'm always down for that. All right, y'all. Until uh, next time, right? Yes, sir. Next episode, we'll be talking about one of the other two legs of the stool. Science or philosophy? Probably science. I think we get a little bit of science, right? Yeah. It's a nice little break up because we talked about philosophy last time. So let's do science. That sounds good. All righty.